out of Oklahoma City. You're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family. For more information, go to goodtrashmedia.com. They're talking about you, Everybody and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast. Happy holidays to you all, dear listener. This is a special edition of the Good Trash Genre Cast brought to you by the Good Trash Media Network in which we do not analyze a film in particular. No, indeed no. This is uh, the fourth? Fifth? I don't even know. It's third. the fourth. I think it's the third because we didn't do it for our partial year. Fourth. Is it's it? our, oh yeah, my we're, god, we're it is. We're inaugurating our fifth year doing this, I believe. Holy shit. Oh my goodness, where's our life gone? And we're going to do the Shelvies. That's right. We're going to award the films and shows of 2016 of the Good Trash Genre Cast so that if you are listening for the first time and you want to go back through the back catalog, you can find films uh, that you would find to be interesting and perhaps uh, weed out some of the things that you would rather pass upon, which we have to acknowledge that does happen. Occasionally. Yeah, it's fine. I think every show's good, but you know. You but I wouldn't go back and listen to that Django one again. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, so, yeah, that that's a good point. I enjoyed that show. God. Oh, well, I see, and that's why different and strokes yeah. for different folks and why we have this show <laughs> put together for you all. <laughs> Stroke. Uh, you are a oh my God, and a 12-year-old child. So we're bringing all the holiday oh, cheer yeah. uh, to you all with our 12-year-old adolescent humor, uh, talking about the film. one thing you can year. count on me for. Um, it's hey, a cock joke. That's right. Uh, who can we count on for those kind of jokes? Let's do introductions. Who are you, sir? Oh, God, I don't know how to introduce myself because we don't have a movie to you quote. You could quote uh, one movie. We, like, quote a movie that we watched this year. Okay. Uh, my name is Dalton Stewart, and I'm going to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Around the table, ma'am, who are you? My name's Alexandra Bohannon, and oh, my God, where's my dog? <laughs> totally. Got a totally awesome dog. <laughs> the walls in the mall are totally, totally tall. Uh, the Ethereal Sasquatch, who are you, sir? Producer Arthur Gordon's on the show today. I am Arthur Gordon, and that's not a podcast. This is a podcast. Excellent. I'm so happy to have you on, Arthur. Well done, I missed sir. you. Uh, moving right around, sir. Who are you? My name is Caleb Masters, and I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> I, I would like to leave now. <laughs> very, very good. Um, my name is Dustin Sells, and your excrement is gold also is this podcast. And uh, we are glad here to be talking to you all about the year 2016 in review. Uh, so this is how it's going to work, well, guys. And let's clarify. This is... Not the year of 2016, as in, like, films that came out this year, like Loving and Moonlight and Allied. Those are the last three movies that sold in theaters. Uh, this is going to be the films we discussed on the Good Trash Genre cast. Correct, Dustin? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It is the back catalog show. Um, now, we do want you to have a conversation with us because we'd like to know what your selections are uh, regarding our shows over the course of this year and just some feedback from you in general about what we're doing well, what we're doing, uh, what we could do better, and all kinds of things about movies in general. We do that via social media. Alex, where are um, those uh, social media located? Sure thing, Dustin. You can find the Good Trash Genre Cast at goodtrashmedia.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodtrashmedia. And you can find us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash goodtrashmedia. You can find us at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash GTM. Very, very good. There's one medium left to be discussed. What is it, Mr. Stewart, sir? Oh, well, Dustin, you can find us on Twitter at good underscore trash, although that might not be the most ideal medium to uh, tell us all your picks for these awards because there's quite a few of them. Um, maybe email us. Do we still have that email account active? Uh, what's that email account, Arthur? Uh, you, you can hit, yeah, you can hit us up at uh, contact at goodtrashmedia.com, Perfect. and that'll reach us, and we can we hear like your it. We words, like emails. Please. Uh, but there is, in fact, yet even one more uh, way you can connect with us, and that is to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. That is very, very helpful. But again, uh, at good underscore trash is that Twitter handle, if that's what you're most concerned with, Dustin. Well, I'm just, you know, I just wanted to know the things, and this is the thing that you do. Um, now the band's trying to play music, so we need to get on with the awards now. And uh, let's go ahead and begin with the first award of the year. This is the Once More with Feeling Award. Uh, this award it goes to the film we watched in 2016, in which you had seen it before, and upon a second viewing, your opinion changed drastically. And so I am curious. For good or for ill. Yes. 
And so I am curious to hear what those words may be and what your selections could be. I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Arthur Gordon. I've missed you so. Say, what is your Once More with Feeling Award winner? My Once More with Feeling Award winner goes to, and the nominees are, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. It's, uh, it's actually, it's Speed Racer. Uh, this is a movie Fuck yeah. I had watched upon its release uh, on DVD. I had purchased it not long after it hit on DVD. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's a that's a cool, all right movie. Uh, but when we rewatched it for the show uh, for the second of our anime marathons of the year, thanks to Keithan, uh, uh-huh. I, uh, I picked this movie um, for a couple of reasons. But I, after revisiting it, I fell in love with Speed Racer. I think it is in many ways a masterpiece of a film. I think it is very creative. I think the Wachowskis are just doing some phenomenal stuff there as filmmakers and playing with uh, the medium of film, but also merging the medium of film with the style and the formal aspects of anime. And I think it works really well. Yes, it's dated uh, in a lot of its effects, but the stuff that they put together on screen, I think is just gorgeous. And I think it's just a great movie. That was that was definitely in contention for me, Arthur, for Good once more. Good pick, sir. I appreciate that. Miss Alexander Bohannon, once more with feeling, who is your winner? We did a lot of movies this year, some of which, a lot of which that I've seen in my youth. Uh, but one, uh, an early, early pick from this 2016 year of our Lord is a once more with feeling that I was expecting not to live up, and it sure as hell didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, Wild Wild West starring Will Smith. <laughs> we did some really bad movies this year. <laughs> we I, sure did. I thought that movie might be amusing. It wasn't. I thought that movie might be clever. It wasn't. I thought that movie might be entertaining. It wasn't. And uh, double thumbs down all around. Yeah, Fresh fresh, fresh Princeuary was uh, something else. A rough, rough time in our lives. Yeah. We, we, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, Will Smith films. We picked some really bad ones. Yeah, honorable mention, Legend of Bagger Vance. Thought that also <laughs> might be maybe a good movie because my dad liked golf movies and made me watch a bunch of them when I was younger. So, How uh, many fucking golf movies are there? Tin Cup, Legend <laughs> of Bagger Vance. Uh, the greatest game ever played, which is actually So good. three. Um, uh, Caddyshack. Okay, that doesn't Caddyshack count. Happy Gilmore. It's classic. Happy that doesn't Gilmore. count. It doesn't count. Not a golf movie. Well, yeah, it is. They play a it's golf It's a movie game. that features golf. It's a hockey movie. <laughs> Yeah, so that is my uh, selection for Once More with Feeling. Caleb Masters, Once More with Feeling, sir. Uh, What was your revisit that changed your mind? Uh, Yeah, so a revisit that changed my mind. Um, So we a movie that I love a lot, and I don't hate it now, but I just have incredibly complicated feelings about it, is 2009's Watchmen, um, a film that, you know, broken clocks right two times a day, and when it's right, it's really, really right, but then, you know, the other times, it's just... Uh, uh, that was a very good analogy for this film. Uh, yeah, it yeah, really is. It, it is, and, and I still like it, and we'll probably revisit it at some point, but man, <laughs> I feel like I'm really in trouble by it. Excellent. All right, Mr. Dalton Stewart, once more with feelings, sir, what changed your mind? Uh, this was a hard one for me, because we watched a lot of movies that I have seen before this year, and we watched a lot of movies that I had not seen in years and years and years and years. Um so, I, I, man, I, I went back and forth, but I came back, kept coming back to, to this one. It's a film that I thought was just okay. Like, I didn't really have very... I, I, it was a film that I appreciated more than I liked, but now I, like, actively dislike it. Uh, and that is The uh, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I think it's fucking stupid. Uh, I think it's weird. Um, every time you hear me complain about anime, I'm basically just talking about Ghost in the Shell. It, it does most of the things. The only thing it doesn't do that I hate about anime uh, is ev- not everyone has spiky hair. Um, but other than that, it, it does all the weird, it has all the confused sexuality that f- bothers me about anime. Um, it's just a complicated mess of a film. Um, and, and I don't mean the story's complicated, it's very straightforward. I just mean the film just never, like, it never settles in. You know what I mean? It just never finds its footing, and that bothers me. I mean, there's a couple of very cool sequences, uh, most of which I'm quite interested to see uh, transposed into live action. Uh, briefcase gun. That's I mean, that's gun. like one of the yeah. few things I remember of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> invisible, invisible beatdown. Uh, yeah. And like the gutter. That's really cool. Uh, but overall, it's just a okay movie at y- best. Y- you know, it's a real prob- problematic film when it has a trouble trouble finding its footing, and it's uh, only ninety minutes long. Yeah, it's super short too. It's not even ninety minutes. I think it's like eighty three. Yeah. I mean, it's a short film, but it just 
ugh, I, I can't be bothered to watch this movie. I, I don't. I don't like it. I actively dislike it. I think everybody who I'm mad at the '90s frequently for all the stupid things that got popular and have stayed popular, and this film is one of them. And I'm stunned that they're they bothered to make a live action adaptation. But you got the Matrix, Dalton. Exactly. I did get the Matrix out of it. Oh, there you go. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart. My Once More with Feeling Award uh, goes to uh, a moment in which the nostalgia goggles were removed. Um, I grew up with this movie. I liked it a lot when I was a kid, and I, we just did it on our very last show of uh, the Good Trash uh, genre cast, and that is uh, The Muppet's Christmas Carol. It's not as good as I remembered. Bah humbug. Uh, I, I think you don't have a soul. Well, I, I still like it. It's just, it was really, I was really just sort of disappointed. Again, the magic was gone, and perhaps I'm just no longer a child, and maybe I've lost my soul. So I think the soul losing has actually happened. It's probably fair. It checks out. So yeah. there you go. Um, you can hear my comments on that on the most recent episode of the Good Trash Genre Cast, so I will not give it any further ado. Let's move on to our best worst movie. This movie is bad, but you love it anyway. And uh, so it is the best worst movie. We go back all the way to Troll 2. And the love uh, therein, well, and, and specifically the documentary, the documentary best worst movie, uh, in which people love that movie despite its absolute horrors. So I'm curious to hear the horrors from you all. Uh, I go to you first, Mr. Dalton Stewart. What was the worst thing that you loved so much? Was there ever any doubt in your mind? It's Roadhouse. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. What do you think? You don't bring that bullshit to my door. You knew what I was going to pick. All of you did. Uh, you guys have known for. 12 months now, or however long ago we did Roadhouse, that this was going to be. It, Roadhouse is an amazing film. I, I almost didn't want to give it Best Worst Movie, because I, I really I don't like it ironically. I think, and I, we talked about this a lot when we discussed the film, I think it operates on its own special magic. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, but uh, there's a, a guy that does a, a column for Collider called the Netflix Action Movie Canon, where he discusses like the action movie canon of film streaming on Netflix helps you kind of parse through the shitty action movies on Netflix because there's a lot and find the good ones and he has this amazing amazing article about Roadhouse where he talks about how it's again it's not an ironic film it is not a winking film it is operating in this weird reality and within the confines of the film everything makes sense everything makes perfect sense from monster trucks being driven through uh, car lots to um, the fact that everybody wants to fuck Patrick Swayze Everything makes sense within the con. This world where bouncers are celebrities. Well, tell me about it. Um, and it uh, doesn't hurt that his uh, character's name is Dalton. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what was the best worst movie we reviewed in 2016? I think there's an echo in here because it's Roadhouse. My man. Uh, I think uh, this is a movie I had never seen before. You're I had welcome. this kind of predisposed idea of what it was going to be and what it was going to be like and about. Uh, but it is charming and a lot of fun. And uh, Patrick Swayze is just a blast. He's having a blast. Sam Elliott's great. Uh, and I just I laughed a lot. It was very uh, engaging for me. It moves great. And it's, uh, and like Dalton said, it's that kind of magical world, that reality about it. There's... It's so absurd, but it works. Yeah, it just it, it the the logic of the film, its internal logic is just solid. Yeah, it, it never is winking at all. Yeah, it's never it's always true to itself, and I appreciate that about the film. And yeah, I I like uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and so that was my uh, best worst movie of the year. Excellent, Miss Alexander Bohannon. What was your best worst film of 2016? <laughs> Y'all already know. Uh, it, since we're being self-indulgent and uh, Dalton picked his host pick. From... Actually, it wasn't a host pick. It oh. came out of the randomizer, believe it or not. Did it? Yeah. Oh, well, we put Don't it Don't get in. me wrong. I was super happy about it. Right. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my best worst movie is Bewitched. <laughs> that movie. Just like mine was set in stone, as was yours. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, not surprising. It, it's not surprising. It's so lovably bad it and is endlessly quotable and i could almost watch it like any time and it's ridiculous that how much i love that movie and how easy it is to find because it's literally in like every single dollar bin at walmart and everything so yeah uh it's not a great movie. much like roadhouse yeah much like roadhouse uh, not a great movie in any stretch of the imagination but one i have an endless enduring affection for but but does your film involve Sam Elliott kicking a really big guy in the knee, leaning down to look him in the eyes, pulling his hair back and going, that fucking hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> sure doesn't. 
how much better would Bewitched have been if yes! it had Sam Elliott? Oh yeah. my God! See also Patrick Swayze Lakeside shirtless Tai Chi. Yes, there are some iconic moments from Roadhouse. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. For I that. used to Ms. fuck guys like you in prison. <laughs> Mr. Caleb Masters, what was your best worst movie of 2016? You guys are crazy. Roadhouse is a bad. Fuck bad you. Um, it's okay. I'm glad. I, I truly am glad you guys were able to deem a lot of value out of it and, and humor out of it that I just. You're wrong. Can't find. It's not, there's no humor. It's just it's, awesome. It's, no, it's it's so <laughs> dumb. It's ironically funny, Dalton. I, I that my, the best parts of that watching experience was how ridiculously over the top it was. Anyway, I'm not going to belabor that point um, because I'm glad it makes you happy. I'm glad it makes Arthur happy, and we had a really fun talk on it. So I, I appreciate it was that. a fun episode. Um, so my pick, and I actually struggle with this one because most of the movies that were bad, I actually thought were bad. Uh, there are some year. there are some stinkers, man. Um, mm-hmm. So, but one that really stuck with me that I, I really enjoyed talking about and watching a lot more, and perhaps it has to do with the fact that we were live streaming over a plate of spaghetti, um, was uh, our patron Austin Lucari's pick, uh, Django, uh, which is a film that he has been trying to get me to watch as long as I've known him. So about like ten years. Hey, um, Austin, it's pretty bad. Uh, I can see why it's so influential, though. It's fun. It's influential and it's fun. Uh, and I, I and I really don't like westerns like that oh, much. I always forget that about you. And it's yeah, I mean like I like I'm just really picky about westerns. It's kind of like comedies. Um, Dalton. Um, but uh, it's a uh, I think it's a fun movie. I think it's really bad though. I think it's really 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 terrible. But I I think just the way he mows down people with that machine gun is just hysterical. And the way it gets and it gets weirdly self serious at the end, like it's mm-hmm. not. Very, I don't think it's taking itself super seriously until that last, you know, graveyard shootout, and then all of a sudden it's really serious. Um, but you know, I it's 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 a, it's a fine bad movie. Mm-hmm. All righty, well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Uh, my best worst movie is a guilty pleasure of mine because it has great lines like "Death by Stereo." That's right, guys. It's Lost Boys. Yeah, well, um, I've. I, I th- I debated about this because I I did like Lost Boys uh, that almost got a once more feeling though because I remember loving it a lot more than uh, we did when we all sat down to talk about it. Now. I love it a little less now though. Yeah. It's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it's still um this glitter in the blood guys. It is so eighties tastic. Joel Schumacher and all of that sort of queer reading that goes along with it just makes it even more fun uh, for me. Shall not kill. Yeah, uh, you shall not fall, isn't it? Um, I, it's I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't think it's that. It's just a coral. I think if there's a. Thou sh- <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't think I have always heard "Thou shall not kill." Who who knows, man? And it's got fucking um. What's his doodle throwing? Kiefer Sutherland through Kiefer like Kiefer Sutherland's looking fly, and then too. getting thrown at animal horns. And yes, I love it's it. It's weird. It's it's weird. And it's, it's awesome. Ridiculous, and it's so eighties, and it's got the Corys, and I'm happy. So there you go. Um, That's what matters. That is what matters. So there you go, dear listener. Those are our selections. We're going to have a new award for the first time ever this year, selected and uh, suggested by one Dr. Reverend Arthur Gordon, and that is uh, the Compliance Award. This is for a movie that we would shelve, but we will not watch it again. Sprite, uh, going way, way, way back to some of the very early days of the show, this is the Compliance Memorial Award for the, uh, the year's one-timer. So, um, Arthur, since this is sort of your award, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what would you select as your one-timer? It's shelfable, but you don't want to watch it anymore. Yeah, I- I'm going to go with a movie that I think actually really lives up to that compliance title. Uh, it's a movie that's extremely hard to get through and harrowing and intense, and it is Martyrs, uh, Dustin's host pick for Shocktober. I think it is fascinating. I think it does a lot of very, very interesting stuff. Uh, I probably will never watch it again. Uh, but especially from a film studies perspective, I think from a genre studies perspective and a pedagogical approach. But yeah, I, I, I do think it's just a interesting movie. It's doing a lot. I think it's saying a lot about violence in cinema and and the genre of horror itself and specifically uh, the slasher style and that very intense style. And I, uh, I wasn't on that show, but I did appreciate it a lot uh, because I think it does reflect the idea that at times art has to be hard uh, to glean anything from it. And sometimes it's not easy to look at art uh, because you don't like what you see and what that reveals about yourself. And I think really that's what Martyrs does uh, very well. And uh, yeah, I I don't know that I'd ever watch it again, but I do appreciate Dustin picking it. And I did enjoy uh, or didn't enjoy, but I am uh, better probably for having seen it. It's a bit of fun, absolutely. Um, thank you. No, it's really not. That is a lie. <laughs> but thank you. Very hey, cool. you didn't watch it. You know. I know. I, I don't I, know. I, you don't. I, even, you don't even know. 
I read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's because all Alex I had to has do. sanity and likes to take care of her her own sanity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a there's a death trigger warning there. Uh, it's know, rough. It's, it's fucking rough, rough, man. Um. So absolutely. Thank you for that, Arthur. Uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Uh, what is your uh, compliance memorial award? It's martyrs. I let's cut the bullshit. It it that is, an a, a truly amazing film. It is a. A, a wonderful achievement in filmmaking, and I will never fucking watch it again. <laughs> and, and again, we talked about this on the show. It wasn't quite as hard to get through as the the reputation. I, its reputation definitely precedes itself, and it was not nearly as difficult to get through as I thought it would be. But it's still, man, it's 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 not fun. It's a hard watch, um, but it's super good. And if you have been putting off getting into that, like, checking that film out. I cannot more strongly recommend you do it because I'm right there with you, listener. I've I've been hearing about this film for years and years and years, and I never ever wanted to see it. But I gotta say, I liked it a lot, and um, I, I think it's definitely important. That said, I ain't ever watching that shit again. I, I would honestly recommend that if you're a listener who is considering watching it, you do what Alex did and go read the, the Wikipedia page and very thorough descriptions um, if you can, because uh, I, I don't know. I think this movie is one, because there are going to be certain, a lot of people who are not going to react, like on emotional level, that are going to react very well to this film. Honestly, here's the thing that's interesting about it, though, um, and we talked about this a little bit on the episode, but it's we've done more violent movies on this show, like, mm-hmm. By a long no, shot. No, no, yeah, it's the manner. We talked, we talked it's about It's the manner in which it's shot. It's the way they, they use the yeah. violence, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of like the actual gore effects, we've watched far gorier films. It's just the way, the the, the act, just the talent in the filmmaking um, is really what makes it painful. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, uh, what was your, uh, obviously not Martyrs, uh, selection for uh, your Compliance Memorial Award? Like, that's the thing, though, is that's basically the only movie that affects me that way. Because I, I want to see Holy Mountain again. I love Brazil to pieces. And uh, Force Majeure wasn't good enough for me to put it on my that's show. That's I know. I'm the, only one that, <laughs> I'm the only one that really went for that, yeah. I, as I recall. No, no, it's fine. Um, but no, <laughs> the actual movie that I'm going to give this award to, and this is the only one I can think, really think of, is uh, Paprika. Because I think that movie is very shelfable. I think it has a lot... It's good. A lot of good stuff to say about surrealism, um, but like I like, there's something uh, about it that I'm like, I've watched that, and I don't really feel like I want to watch it again. Um, it's not because it's you know overly graphic or and really intense and scary shenanigans like martyrs, um, but it, it has like something about it that's kind of holding me at arm's length. That even though I'm like, that's cool. I don't really want to watch it again. Unlike Jordawaski's The Holy Mountain, which I'm like, yeah, I, I could watch that again, you know, and, and all the other films that we've seen this year. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Mr. Caleb Masters, what do you say? What is your Compliance Memorial Award winner? But honestly, there were only two films that came to mind this year when I was looking over our list that was like, yeah, I, I think I gave it a shelfer, but I'm not going to watch it again for two di- very, just very different reasons. Um, the first one being Force Majeure, uh, which da- was Dalton's host pick during Anti-Trash Month. And mostly, I actually really like that movie a lot, but uh, there's a really heavy family meltdown during a vacation, and mm-hmm. that gets really heavy really fast. It's hard to watch, man. Um, it's-, it's, it's tough, especially if you've got big families who might have had meltdowns at some at some vacation in your life like it's it's tough it's a tough subject to to get into on having to watch that in a film it's super funny though it's a really oh, funny it's hilarious movie. uh torben giant spain you know the danish guy kimber's actual name with the red beard i love that guy he's he was so, so funny he's in so movie. funny in that movie um it, it's great so i mean that's one i will probably never watch again i'm really glad i watched it i believe i gave it a shelfer and it's it's definitely of a quality and, and i would recommend that to f- people um and, and for totally different reasons Romancing the Stone, uh, a movie I think I gave a shelfer. That movie's loads of fun. I enjoyed it a lot, but it's so disposable that unless I'm writing a think piece on how Uncharted or something like that, I'm probably never going to watch it again. So it's a very interesting direction to go with the one timer. So you got a, a force majeure, Romancing the Stone tie is where you're coming down. Yeah, with. I mean, two totally different reasons. That's very interesting. Yeah, I I, th- I think we usually go for things that are just too hard to watch. I, I like that you went with something that's just like. Well, both, because I mean, I really yeah. do think Force Majeure is yeah. a film that, for me personally, is is hard to watch. Yeah. But I mean, also, like you know, a movie that is so good, trashy, like it is so oh, yeah, disposable I, I that I liked that. it. But I'm like, I'm never gonna watch that again. No, but that's why I love it. Like when people talk about one timers, they're talking about movies that are hard. You're just like, no, it's just not worth watching again. <laughs> I like that a lot. 
Well, I'm going to do something similar, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Um, insofar as this is a movie that I think belongs on a shelf, it's something that's in my wheelhouse of things that I like and things that, that are interesting to me, but it's also very staid and slow, and it just bores me um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. that's Shadow of the Vampire. I knew it. Called it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really good. I mean, John Malkovich, uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I, mean, I don't need know, to watch that movie there's again. A, there's a lot of good stuff, but and it's definitely shelfable. It's got a great, interesting conversation about the sort of meta-filmmaking stuff, but yet... I was super bummed I didn't get to do that episode with you guys. I, I, I wasn't on that episode, but I did watch it. That's the longest like ninety minute movie ever. Oh, it plays real long. Yeah, and it's I still find it valuable, but I don't really care to watch it. And so you know, there you go. That's why it gets the Compliance Memorial Award from me. Moving right along to your favorite discovery. This is interesting. So this is a movie you've never seen before. You watched it for the first time in the course of this show, and you say this is the best new thing I found. And so. So it's, uh, it's more of a positive award uh, than some of the awards so far. And so I'm curious to hear what those words are. Mr. Caleb Masters, what was your best or favorite new discovery? So I'm going to first give a really, really brief uh, honorable mention shout out to The Last Action Hero. That movie was so much fun. I don't know how I had never seen that film before this year. Like it's it good was stuff. Arnold Schwarzenegger riffing on his career, and and man, we talk a lot about it in that show. But it was it was really cool, really funny. Loved all the over the top stuff, and loved that Charles Dance, aka Tywin Lannister, was the bad guy. It was fun. Um, but the movie that I really love this year, that I actually have since purchased, that I just didn't even you know can ever consider, was uh, Summer Wars, which is uh, I think Alex's host pick from our first anime marathon. And I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I've since written about it um, online, and uh, I've watched it like three or four times since. But I really like all the it had all that wacky, over the top stuff you see in anime. But it really blended it well with like this really powerful story about unity and family, and how and how working together uh, we can overcome like a lot of the the, the world's biggest uh, issues. Uh, and I thought that was really beautiful and, and poignant. And I'm just gonna throw out my bias because I like Digimon so much. But it is little, it is a remake of a Digimon movie. Like the same director and everything. All righty. Well, thank you very much for that. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what was your uh, favorite new discovery of 2016? Well, my favorite new discovery um, is a film that it was one of those movies I meant to catch in the theaters, totally didn't. And then it had escaped me for years and years and years. And then I finally watched it and it wrecked me. And that is Spike Jones's Her. I, I love how much you loved it. I'm, I so, I'm so glad you liked it. I love that movie into like a different like plane of existence. It's amazing. so good. Because it, it's an amazing movie. Um, and it's one of the few movies this year um, that had the effect of making me like weep intermittently throughout and left me emotionally like a husk afterwards. Um, and that movie is fantastic. And I'm so glad that I was able to watch it for this show. Holy shit. All righty. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what was your favorite new discovery of 2016? You know, it's funny, Dustin. Uh, I feel like almost every single year we've done the shelfies, uh, my favorite discovery of the year has been a movie that you made me watch. Uh, And this year is no exception. It is Alejandro Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain. That movie's fuck. I I love it when you make me watch things that you know I wouldn't watch otherwise. Uh, because I'm too busy watching Roadhouse again. <laughs> um, but God damn it, the Holy Mountain is so, so good. It is next level. I, and again, we talked about this on it's the very first episode we did this year, but and we talked about this at length. So it's been a while. So I'm going to reiterate this because it's been 11 months now. This is not a movie for like amateur film watchers. This is a movie for people who are already film buffs or who want to become film buffs. If you are into film as a medium, if you are into it as a art form, this is for you. It is weird. It is full of non sequiturs. It is full of things that make no sense and full of things that make absolute perfect sense. It's great. It's wonderful. I loved every second of it. Uh, thank you for making me watch this movie, Dustin. Um, I would like to give a honorable mention, though, to a film that is does not contain any live human beings. What? What? An anime film? I'm, is it I, from Japan? I. It is from the island nation of Japan, and it is the film Akira, which was fucking yeah. good. That movie is aces. 
Um, I'm going to spend a lot of time uh, in this next segment uh, shit-talking anime. So before we get to the next segment, I did want to give a a brief moment to say I'm really glad that we watched Akira. I I, I think it's absolutely astonishing. Um, It's got everything I like. It's got um, motorcycle fights, uh, and it also has, like, weird existential questions about one's place in the universe um, and uh, the insignificance of human life uh, and also the beauty of that insignificance. It's great. I'm into it. Thank you, Dustin. You're welcome. I'm I'm so glad to hear those words come out of your mouth, sir. And I, I will say this: over Holy Mountain, Holy Mountain, no motorcycle fights. True, they are very true. But there are leopard breasts, and there, there are. are exploding f- sombrero frogs. Yes, that is true. Also, that, uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what was your favorite new discovery of 2016? Uh, I've I've got to go. With, we've already talked about this movie at length today, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But it is Roadhouse. I I oh. really enjoyed that movie and. Uh, there weren't a lot of movies this year that I hadn't already seen, mm-hmm. and so that kind of narrowed the field. Uh, but the ones I hadn't seen before, I think Roadhouse is just one that I was just had a lot of fun with that, and in a, a way that I haven't had a lot of fun with a lot of movies uh, this year. After we kick all these guys out, you want to order a pizza and watch Roadhouse? I can't, but uh, mostly because I don't like you. Um, <laughs> So that's that's going to be my my pick, Dustin. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Arthur Gordon. My selection for favorite new discovery of 2016 is the film Tangerine. Um, it's really good. It's so good. It's filmed on iPhones. It's got transgender women. It's got Deputy So and So from Sinister. It's got... AKA Ziggy from The Wire season two. Oh, right, Ziggy also. And uh, it's so much fun. It is a beautiful, beautiful film. And uh, it wrecks you and lifts you and then wrecks you again. And it's just able to maintain such a frenetic pace. Uh, it, it is it is really an inspiring moment in American filmmaking. And I hope to see more things like it in the future. So that is my selection. Moving right on down. So we have did a favor discovery. Now we must drop the Hebrew Hammer. Uh, this is in honor of the very first year of the show in which we watched the film, The Hebrew Hammer, which we all hated. And so this is the movie You Hate Burn in Flames. Uh, uh, sort of film. And so I am expecting some unanimity. Uh, I may be wrong, but I'm curious to hear uh, what those selections will be. I go to you first, Miss Alexander Bohannon. Uh, where will you drop the Hebrew Hammer? Hebrew Hammer is going to be dropped real hard um, on movies that I watched and wish that I could just please like pay someone some like amount of money to get that time of my life back again um movies that almost made me just turn them off but i kept trucking just for you the dear listener and you my fellow co-hosts and it's a tie it's a tie this year and you already know one of them and you already know the other one uh ladies and gentlemen i think i know both of them yeah you probably do it's paul walker's running scared Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Obliterate it. Yeah. Shoot it into the moon. Yeah. Uh, make the moon explode. Yeah. I will sacrifice the moon to kill that movie. No more tides. No more tides for you. And then uh, the other movie that definitely deserves your hate and loathing and just a complete nuclear holocaust is the wow. the blasphemy of a film, Transformers. Oh yeah. Yeah. That movie is. There, these movies are kind of different in the sense of why I'm nominating them. Running Scared is terrible, ideologically confused, and has it's not good. And then Transformers is very ideologically consistent throughout. I just hate the message, which is consumerism and the you know the circle jerking of the American dollar um, on the face of the con- American consumer. So yeah, I just movie sucks it's, no. I'm telling you I'm telling you it's not as bad as any of the sequels it's, it's like a oh, masterpiece that, but that shouldn't that shouldn't like that's give bad. it a free pass it that's is no still standard. its own it's still its own work uh, that stands alone and should be shot into the deepest vent of the ocean excellent I give into your hate I love it all right so mr. Caleb masters uh, what is your selection for uh, the Hebrew hammer of 2016 God, transformers is bad but it's not as bad as Roadhouse um so <laughs> oh it's a uh, whoa yeah. if you were talking about the transformers you sequels, watch your fucking I, if, mouth. It was, if it was the transformers sequels then that'd you be another story but we're not talking mouth. about those um, I could I laughed at that I, I at least laughed at transformers one um 
Actually, though, that is not my Hoover Hammer. Okay, so Roadhouse is fine. I, I, I got a good deal of laughter out of it. There's enjoyment there to be had, although I considered it. However, the movie does get my Hebrew hammer, and that is and to just reinforce Alex's point. Not only do I want to obliterate the moon, I wish it was erased from existence because I think it's act- actively making the world a worse place for a lot of different people and is setting us back and perpetuating people with certain privileges to think it's okay to treat other people this way. And that is The Legend of Bagger Vance, a movie that plays hard, hard, hard into the magic Negro stereotype, uh, celebrates it, uh, celebrates this really weird mysticism of uh, African Americans, uh, also spiritually endorses Matt Damon's like worldview and the way he, he wrestles with his own problems. I just, I God, guys, I hate that movie. It was boring, it was awful. And I'm like, listen, this is the movie that old white dudes watched to be told and patted on the back and said, hey, the way you've lived your life is cool. The way you treat other people, it's fine. You don't have to worry about it. Like, they're just here to help. These other magic people are here to help you get get where you're going. And that's just not okay. It's frustrating. And especially in 2016, it's a movie that we could certainly deal without in the history of American cinema. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Let's drop the Hebrew hammer for 2016, sir. Yeah, I'm going to drop the Hebrew hammer. I'm going to drop it real hard on Top Gun because I don't understand <laughs> that garbage film. I don't understand how that film was a cultural phenomenon in 1986, especially with cinematic masterpieces like Crocodile Dundee hitting in the same year. Top Gun is garbage. Tom Cruise has made much better films. Val Kilmer has much made much better films. And uh, those should all be remembered more fondly than Top Gun. Hey, Arthur, you can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> All righty. Well, Mr. Dalton Stewart, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what the Hebrew hammer drops for you this year. Oh, my God. Um, I'm really sorry I made you guys watch Running Scared. I can't. <laughs> Me too. You should be. I, and I, if it wasn't for another movie we watched, it would have gone to Running Scared. In fact, I'm, I'm going to like partially, like when, when, when we write down the record of this year, let's make sure we put Running Scared as one of my two picks because it's fucking bad. It's not good, and I'm really sorry I made you guys watch it. Um, it almost got my Once More with Feeling Award because of how much I don't like it, and I remember really enjoying it when I watched it on HBO when I was 13 years old or however old I was when that movie came out. I was probably older than 13, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very bad film. But that said, you motherfuckers <laughs> not only made me watch one entire month of anime. You made me watch two entire months of anime, and I fucking hate anime. Thank you, patrons. I can't overstate how much I dislike it. So much. Just like on a, from an aesthetic point of view, it displeases my eyes. Even Akira, which I loved. I don't find... That's, I'm kidding. I'm just overstating to be funny. I do find Akira aesthetically pleasing. Um, but you made me watch two months of this shit. And I will admit, I had some fun. I liked Paprika. Summer Wars was not terrible. It was fine. I really, really enjoyed uh, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind. I loved Akira. Ghost in the Shell is a fucking maniac's boner fever dream. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but. But. I had to watch the goddamn Pokemon movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, not I once. Because yeah. I had to watch it once. So I could think about it and have something to say about it. And then I had to watch it again at a live show, which was actually way more fun because I just ripped on the movie the entire time uh, for a crowd of people, which was a lot of fun. You guys made me watch that movie twice, though. Why? Why did we do... Why did we pick the... And all... You know what? Actually, I know why we did it. This is all Caleb's fault because Caleb and his fucking branding and his whole like, oh, oh, I'm clever and I have ideas about branding. Pokemon Go is really hip with the kids now. We'll do a Pokemon Go meetup and we'll watch Pokemon the first movie. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) You're cool. Fuck you. I'm so mad. This movie's so bad. Why, and why here's the thing. I know all of you hated it, too. No, I know all, all of you disliked it. We all trashed it pretty I, hard. Yeah. But fuck all of you. <laughs> hey, hey, Dalton, I got. I just have one answer. I just have one thing to say. If I, you talk I, shit I on think, Roadhouse, I swear I, to God, I I'm going to beat you, just, you up. I, I, I think you just need some Pikachu tears to, to awaken <laughs> the stone heart you have. It's so bad. Oh, brother, my brother. <laughs> 
Can't, can't we all just get along? <laughs> At the end of this episode, I'm just going to cast a spell so we all forget anything we've learned today. Absolutely. Oh God, I hate that movie. It's so bad. It makes me so angry. <laughs> At least it's You know I saw that movie in theaters? I believe it. Yeah. I, it's such a bad movie. I, it's It feels much longer. Who, who was it that said the thing about uh, something feeling like way longer than it was? Oh, it was you talking, you talking about Shadow Vampire, Caleb. That's how I feel about Pokemon. Pokemon feels like it's three hours long. And it's <laughs> only like 77 it's minutes. It's very short. It's incredibly short. And it goes and on long. forever. It is legitimately one of the worst things I've ever watched. It's terrible. Good night. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Dalton Stewart. I am also going to drop the Hebrew Hammer this year, and I um, have to look back to Fresh Prince February, and that's right, kids. It's Wild Wild West, guys. That movie so bad. Is, um, is a stillborn piece of trash. It is a scorpion fetus from Hellraiser. It is, it is absolutely um, just tragically bad in in the way it reinforces stereotypes, the way it reinforces sort of consumerist grabs for money, in the way in which it absolutely abuses the use of Kenneth Branagh and makes fun of people with disabilities. The movie is terrible. It is the worst thing that has happened. Yeah, but Kevin Klein's boobies make it better than Pokemon. <laughs> that's the thing I own. That's like the only scene I remember from that movie still. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid it was and it still is to this day. And we got to see the back of the Fresh Prince's nuts. <laughs> we did. Dustin, this I rest is my the, case. This is the, the price we pay for a Superman Lives movie we never got. Uh, yeah, so also bad. Um, you know, because Superman's a stupid superhero. I mean, he's ridiculous. And oh, get yeah, out. Yeah, well, get out. Superman's not Even. brave, man. I'm just saying. He's just not a douche. That's all you are when you're Superman. You know this. Uh, this is a thing I do. Superman is just not a douche. Because if you can walk into a burning building and not get hurt, you're not heroic. You're just not a douchebag. Because if you can do that and not get hurt, then you should just be doing that anyway. He's just the only, the only reason why Superman's a hero is because he's not a prick. That's all I'm saying. Because um, he's never mind. I, that, that never I mind. mean, he could rule. Uh, we're not Dustin off air. We're going to talk it's about better this. Better than the god we actually have. <laughs> <laughs> the man could rule over Earth like Hitler, but yet, oh, he's not a prick. Okay, anyway. Anyway, kill so, the Nazis. Kill Nazis always. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that movie should be again uh, fired into the sun, um, you know, and then nuked while it's on its way. And maybe it'll freeze the entire planet. And we all die because we had to have this thing happen. It's just the worst thing, and I hate it. It's pretty bad. So much. So and you, you can uh, thank friend of the program um, and the only member of the Good Trash Media family who's not regularly on a show, Kirsten Thurkelson, for making us watch that. Oh, yeah, Kirsten. Yeah, that was her fault. Yeah, we're going to talk later. All right, moving right along. Uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to give the award for the best show. Not best film, but the best show, the banter, the humor, the analysis. It was just particularly crackling in that moment. And so that is uh, what we're going to award now at this point. Mr. Arthur Gordon, what is your selection for the best GTGC show of 2016? Uh, this is a bit of a tie, and I think we have fun getting to cheat here because uh, we do a lot of good programming, I think. Uh, I've picked three films, two of them for similar reasons, uh, or two shows for similar reasons. Uh, but the first one is, and not because it was my host pick and not because Dustin was gone, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's Speed Racer. Reason. I think Speed Racer was, was a, a really fun episode. show because there was a very uh, diverse opinion of the film. We went from two stars to five stars, which is just rare to, to see here. Um, and also, I think we all brought analysis that we normally wouldn't bring. Dalton brought this kind of tourist author study uh, Caleb kind of gave this adaptation reading and talking about sequels, which is really interesting. And that kind of led all of us to talking about the commerce of film and how that all gets made in art itself. Alex did this really nice literary analysis comparing it with 1984 and other uh, kind of dystopian, utopian uh, stories. Uh, and so I think it was just really cool to kind of see us all kind of stretch uh, in different ways with that film. Uh, but the other two, uh, for similar reasons, and I, I think uh, this show is at its best when, and any podcast I think especially, uh, is at its best when there's kind of this emotional uh, opening uh, that lets us kind of connect with our audience. Uh, and that doesn't happen a lot, but it happened twice this year, uh, notably. And this one movie has already had the Hebrew hammer dropped or nearly dropped on it, and that was Running Scared. That episode itself is very good. Uh, and there were some very raw and open moments in that show uh, that I think helped our audiences connect and made it uh, more uh, palpable. Uh, and likewise with It Follows, which had very similar moments as well. And so I really appreciate those times when that kind of raw, honest emotion, uh, emotion shows up 
because it adds to our ethos and uh, and allows us to connect on a deeper level and it lets the listener in at a deeper level uh, to connect with us and get to know us and I, I appreciate those moments. Excellent. I like that pick uh, a lot. Those picks a lot, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Um, going to you, Mr. Caleb Masters. Uh, what are your selections uh, or selection for the best show of 2016? Yeah, and again, uh, cheating like Arthur, I also picked three different shows, uh, and one of them was also Speed Racer for you know all the reasons you mentioned. I just really thought like everyone brought their A game, and, and Dustin, it was you, and your, it was your voice gone. It's no, 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 no. Your voice was missing from the conversation, and I, and I do feel like any time there's not you know all five of us in a conversation, which is pretty rare that we all make it on the show at the same time, but the, there are, every time it's a different team right like there's always going to be different dynamics and different chemistry um so your, yours was also lacking from that show but i did feel like with the four of us who were on it, it it was just a really good it was just a synthesis of everything it all just built off each other and it was a really strong show and i highly recommend that's it's one of my top picks from the year um i also want to give a shout out to our captain america winter soldier show i thought that was really good i thought we did a really great profile of Captain America, what he stands for, what he stood for when he was created, what he stands for now, and kind of what the movies, the movie actually, how the movie is grappling with the American identity of 2014. Uh, I, I thought all of us brought really, really great. That was uh, a fun show. show. Uh, and it was fun because, you know, superheroes, um, probably, I would say, probably one of the best superheroes, if not the best, like, superhero movie we've talked about in 200 and some odd episodes so far. Um, and lastly, one I really liked uh, a lot, and this is just because of my bias in the film, and I really was excited to talk with you guys about it on the uh, on the on the air, and that was our Cloud Atlas show. Cause I that was like, a really good episode. I, I thought it was like one of the more sp- like just distinctly, specifically, spiritually shows we've ever produced, and it was really kind of cool to hear what everyone, everyone, how everyone read the film that way. All right. Well, thank you for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Uh, Mr. Dalton Stewart, what was your best uh, show of 2016? Well, not your best show. Your pick for best show. Oh, my best show was all of them. Oh, all of them. Uh, I always come prepared. Um, I, you know what? I got to say, I, I'm with Caleb and Arthur uh, to some extent. You guys know I love talking about the Wachowskis. I think Cloud Atlas and Speed Racer are two really like tremendous episodes. Um, again, they're, they're filmmakers that I love to discuss. I'm pretty sure when we talked about The Matrix, it was in contention for the episode of the year. Honestly, the only reason that episode doesn't get more love from me is because it's just me and Dustin, which is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dustin like are on such a similar wavelength that we literally just... A two-person show with me and Dustin is not very fun. Hey, Lacan, Marx, violence, go. Yeah. Right. Uh, capitalism's evil. Uh, we're always restraining our baser impulses to light everything on fire. Um, and I'm sad all the time. Yeah. But those those shows are really great. And as Caleb mentioned, it was really nice to get into spirituality in a way that we, we don't typically do. Um, and our, as Arthur mentioned, the, the, the gambit of feeling on Speed Racer was really fun. Um, I also want to give uh, some love to Rounders, uh, which was... I think the first time in a very long time that we did an episode that was just myself, Arthur, and Dustin, um, which is, you know, it's not like it's better because uh, Alex and Caleb were not here. It's, it's it's just, it, I mean, we, we did uh, what had us fired up that week in uh, pop culture. I mean, it was a, a true, like, throwback episode to the early days of the show, um, and in a year where we crossed the, the mark of episode 200, I think it was really fun to go back and give a little love to the roots of the show and, and where we started from. I, I, I was really special, and uh, it, it warmed my heart. Um, and I, I, when we when we do the the actual tally of awards, again, I, I know I'm cheating a lot on here. Um, I, I want to go ahead and have my tally go down for it follows as well, which was um, this last run-up, this last like three months of episodes have been really raw and emotional and open even even in november where we only did two movies due to scheduling issues uh the way was really kind of raw for me and and a film that i didn't care about that much (laughs) but i think this last three months have been really special but yeah it follows is where i want my vote going down in in the history books for for this discussion because that was it was good it was a really great discussion and it was it was beautiful and uh what what a great year guys i mean there's so much wonderful programming this year i'm i'm glad to have shared all of this with you Awesome. Thank you very much, Mr. Dalton Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Yeah, so I'm just going to echo some of what my co-hosts have said. Um, I'm going to give a uh, two, two-part answer to this uh, best show question, and I'm going to give my first nomination to um, Cloud Atlas, because that a good was a great episode. We were recording on Easter Sunday, 
and we watched a particularly spiritual movie and if it really felt like it was i was going to church it was took took me back so i really deeply appreciated that it's an unappreciated um, film and it is de- really underappreciated it makes me really sad that in the history books it's very unlikely that people are going to remember this film at all when i really do think it's something really truly unique it's very yeah. special i mean it's it's not without its problems but it's definitely oh, yeah. got a very unique point of view oh definitely yeah yeah that movie is beautiful um in so many ways and then recording with people i love on a um christian holiday it, it, you know and i was raised christian is just it, it kind of has a nice symmetry to it um and so my other nomination is going to be it follows yeah. that movie is beyond that movie just being amazing well we've all been wanting to talk about it for a while absolutely and that movie is amazing but then we had this really open and vulnerable moment um uh, all of us uh, experienced some really raw um, feelings and I deeply appreciate every single one of you for bringing yourselves to that conversation because it, it was a challenging conversation to be had. Awesome. Thank you very much for that, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Um, and in terms of my favorite shows of the year, I really have to, I mean, Cloud Atlas is definitely in my top three. It was just a really good show. And so, I mean, I, I, it keeps getting honorable mention, and that doesn't really count for anything. But mm-hmm. it's like we consistently all like that show, and I think that's just worth pointing out uh, about that. And so that that's something I just want to refer to. I really enjoyed our Watchmen show. Um, I, I, I thought about that one a lot. Same. Yeah, I think we had a really, really great conversation. We had about a, a movie a, I don't like very much. No, it's not. Uh, it's it, we, it that was a fun one because we were all like middling on it in very different ways and we had a guest host uh, Heath Huffman mm-hmm. um, who, who's a friend of our program um, he uh, was very nice to help us buy the soundboard that we are using to this very day and in exchange a long time ago we told him we'd talk about Watchmen with him and uh, it was nice to have him on to, to do that uh, but my, I think my favorite show in terms of analysis uh, was it was a was a shorter person show also, um, and uh, in particular uh, the stuff that um, Alexander Bohannon offered when we talked about Bewitched, um, and, and, yeah. and, and, I, yeah. I, loved <laughs> and I loved it because what we did was it really in t- in tune with the mission of this program. It's good trash, it's fun, it's disposable, but there's some thought and conversation to be had in it, and it was one of those uh, shows in which like th- this was a gem for analysis. This Despite the fact that it's a train wreck of a movie, well, and, and, I, and I, I apologize, and I'm sad it, for you. And being a, a bunch of, you know, straight cis dick having people, we we tend to skew towards dude centric good trash. And it was really great, and I, I think we should try to do more of this in 2017 for yes. Alex to make us do good good trash that skewed uh, much more feminine. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what it was interested in, in the the. The silly delights that it housed. So um, many silly delights. So many silly delights. I, I, I fucking talk about Roadhouse all the time. That is a film full of silly delights, as is Bewitched. It's just a different kind of silly delight. I mean, Absolutely. Roadhouse is objectively better, but... <laughs> Probably <laughs> true. Probably uh, objectively, true. Objectively, yeah, I agree. Yeah. But uh, I think that was... I'm right there with you, Dustin. It was really nice to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Aww. So I, I like that a lot, and you know, I want to echo that same uh, desire. Arthur has put forward some ideas. I'm I'm at film forty eight or forty nine of my fifty two films by women uh, for the year twenty sixteen, and uh, I definitely want to do more uh, voices that we don't hear enough uh, in the course of our programming for next year. So I'm excited. Hey, uh, we still year. haven't uh, ever gotten around to doing Point Break. So yeah, Catherine Bigelow. I'm just saying, y'all. All right, moving on though, we have the last and final award, the best picture award that's right the platinum shelf the film that is the best movie best analysis best interesting most you know wonderful the thing that that just made everything happen for you it increased the gross domestic product it made your hair grow back in it was just the best movie you are you filled you with uh the the powers of a sexual tyrannosaur i just i'll increase your gross domestic product (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness all right so i am so excited to hear what you guys have to say about that i'm gonna go to you first mr caleb masters what was your platinum shelf selection for 2016 uh it's tough because i don't really want to do a tie on this one so i can't but um this was this was really hard this was we did a lot of great movies this year. a lot of really good movies this year and i i really Really, really wanted to say Cloud Atlas because that is on my shelf and it's a movie I'll probably revisit more than either of these other films. So I want to give a shout out to that. And I also really want to give a shout out to Brazil, uh, a movie I had never seen before that we watched in January for our anti-trash marathon because I'd never seen it, but it has so much, it just has such a reputation 
you know, amongst film, uh, you know, film goers and, and, and critics and, and people who make movies like about being this really great masterpiece. And I, and I'm really happy to say it does not disappoint uh, when you actually watch like the full director's cut or whichever cut we watch the final cut, whatever. Um, so I want to give a, a big shout out to that. But uh, the, the movie that this year uh, that really resonated with me on, on just a really deep emotional level uh, that I, I appreciate and I, I will, you know, I will love forever and would like to go down the record books is actually uh, her, um, which just dealing with what is it like to be someone searching for love in 2000 and well, I guess this film is like slightly distant future, but it's, it's very similar to our own. Uh, what is that like with, with social media and uh, AI we can talk to um, and where we're more connected to everyone yet we're less connected to everyone. Like what does that look like on, on a deeply a personal and emotional level? And I, and I feel like the, that movie tackles those questions head on and, and, and answers in a, in a way that is really beautiful and poignant and, and unforgettable. And, and I really do believe that, you know, one day, I mean, we're all going to be old curmudgeons that, that this, it, it'll be a film that it's going to get looked back on. And <laughs> what, study do you mean, what do you mean one day? Ew. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, when we're retired in retirement and you're looking back on films that are, are capturing the consciousness of like what it was it like to be a 20, 15, 16, 20 something, 30 something person in the early 20, 2000 film, I think her is going to be the one, which is why it's my pick for Platinum Shelf. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Caleb Masters. Ms. Alexander Bohannon, what is your selection for uh, the Platinum Shelf of 2016? Absolutely. So I'm going to give only one honorable mention this year. Um, and uh, and it's not to spite, spite Dalton at all. This movie is genuinely um, amazing, touching, moving, beautiful, and it has a message that we need um, in this world today. And that is Nausicaa. No, it's super good. That, yeah. yeah, I like it. A that lot. movie um, is totally deserving to be on your shelf. Um, it needs all of the love, especially in a garbage fire of a year like this year of 2016. Just not in terms of movies or good trash, but just our poisonous. Uh, no, it was a great year. year for film. It was a great year really for was. film. That's the only thing that went well this year. Literally nothing else, I think, uh, was the uh, the best thing of. But I'm actually going to give my platinum shelf award to a movie that is it truly speaks to me in the sense of not just a movie about voices that never usually get the time of day, but also pushing the envelope of film. And that movie is Tangerine. Good pick. Yeah. Excellent. That movie needs to be on your shelf. It needs a criterion release now. Um, and you need to, that movie needs to be supported by literally everyone, not only having transgender women starring and, and talking about, you know, their gender and sexuality and being open and vulnerable and raw and honest. It is, it just plays with the conventions of cinema. And it also is inspirational to aspiring filmmakers like myself who it, it validates that you can, you can, you can make movies. It puts film back in the hands of people like us. And I think that message just needs to be forever trumpeted to everyone. I totally agree. Thank you very much for that, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what is the uh, Platinum Shelf selection for 2016? I intentionally did not pick anything from uh, our anti-trash marathon, because otherwise it would just... I, I also would have said Tangerine uh, or The Holy Mountain. I think both of those were uh, films that I, I very strongly thought about. Um... And her is a film that I love dearly and thought about. Um, but I decided to fuck with you guys. <laughs> I am going to put on the platinum shelf. You asshole. A film that is too. So, and that's the thing about the platinum shelf. The platinum shelf is tricky because we do frequently like to cheat because we can't just eat candy all the time. And we like to do real <laughs> films on the show. I'm literally as Alex is eating candy. <laughs> but we do a, we do a lot of candy on this this show, and then. Somewhere in there, we like to um, have a, a healthy, uh, we, we have like a nice raw vegan salad. I wanted something in the middle. I wanted something nutritious, but that also had delicious meat. Um, and that's why I try to, I mean, if you go look back at my platinum shelf, I put Ca Cabin in the Woods on the platinum shelf. I put Spring Breakers on the platinum shelf. I try to put films that are still good trash on the platinum shelf. And that is why in the year 2000 of our Lord, 2016, I am putting... The motion picture Akira on the platinum shelf. Oh what? shit, snacks, bro! Because it's fucking good. <laughs> it's right. so good. Um, everything Caleb talked about with her about where, thinking about where you belong in the universe. Everything that Alex talked about. 
uh, making sense of a world that doesn't make sense. I think Akira does all of those things. I, I think it really hits home on the real existential dread of your infinite smallness and the infinite vastness of a universe that keeps spinning despite uh, all likelihood that it should not exist. Um, and um, you are one of seven billion uh, hairless mammals uh, on a rock flying through billions uh, and billions and billions of other balls of gas. And I, I think Akira really hits at that existential crisis without being too too leaning. You know what I mean? It's very easy and just in, in the pretension of the words I just said. Like, I feel it. You know what I mean? Like, I, as I look back on the last 30 words out of my mouth, I'm like, God, what a fucking idiot. Stop talking, you asshole. And Akira captures those thoughts and does it in such a way that you don't ever feel that way about the film. And that's, I think, a really hard thing to do. And I think uh, one of my favorite shows that's on, on television right now, Rick and Morty, does that same thing. It wrestles with um, the existential difficulty of comprehending the vastness of life without coming across as too preachy, without coming across as as too asinine or pretentious, uh, because it has motorcycle fights, and it has a monster with a gun for an arm. Um but also, you know, it's super trippy and um, LSD um, and really just kind of wobbly, uh, especially towards the end of that film. So th- that's my pick. I think it's I think it's something else, man. And I'm really glad I finally got to watch it. Dalton, you've grown. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I still think Summer Wars is for perverts. OK, so uh, <laughs> Ghost in the Shell is for perverts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, totally. Well, Arthur Gordon, uh, what is your selection for the best film? The uh, Platinum Shelf Award winner of 2016. I don't know if there'd be any doubt uh, for my choice here um, and what I would pick. I think this is a movie that we've talked about since almost day one. It is a movie that has meant a lot to me personally as as a film watcher and as a film viewer. I think it has somehow become a uh, a mascot for this show, and there's a reason that we did it when we did it. Um, but it it and it will forever be the benchmark of of Nicholas Winding Refn's career. Uh, it is a film that, as as Dalton mentioned, it merges a lot of those things. It's that in the middle. Uh, section. I mean, it, yeah. it does a lot of the high art stuff, but it's also a genre film. Uh, it's it's going to be remembered as one of the best movies of the 2000s, uh, uh, I think, and it will, uh, I think, inspire and influence a lot of filmmakers uh, from here on out. I mean, it's a film that's going to be mentioned in the same conversation as films like There Will Be Blood and Her. I yeah. mean, it's and I, I mean, it's the and Tangerine, yeah, and Spring Breakers. It's that good, yeah. And and so I've got to put Drive on on the shelf. I do. I, I it's on the shelf, uh, obviously. But yeah, I'm literally sitting like two feet from yeah. it. And so I I I love it. I it means a lot to me. It kind of changed my view of what film can do and and how that works. And it's obviously I still think Reffin's best film. And I, th- like I said, I think it's going to be the one that he's always measured against. Much like Tarantino is always probably going to be measured against Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, or you know, Hitch is always going to be measured, you know, for you know, obviously he's not making films anymore, but you know, he's always going to be known for Rear Window and, and Psycho or you know, Vertigo, obviously. Uh, and so I think it defines his career, and for better or worse for him, I think that might you know do some stuff, and it may inspire him to do more. Uh, but for a moment in time, I think it is a phenomenal film and i think it is uh great excellent excellent thank you very much for that mr arthur gordon i'm of course going to be picking transformers just kidding hey uh, yeah yeah you kidding me uh I, really this is a tough year uh really tough year to pick because we've done a lot of good stuff you know akira is that, one i thought that's about. why i limited Cloud my Atlas selection I yeah I, uh, drive i thought about we did some as many stinkers as we did and uh, boy did we we did some great films this year yeah we really did and uh, I go back and forth uh, between Brazil and this film, and it's The Holy Mountain. And it's a movie that I like a lot. It's just, it, it, I'm very, very glad to have imposed it upon you a lot. I'm and, so glad you made us watch it. Same Zeus. And uh, it is, it is okay, it is a time capsule of that sort of acid 70s, late 60s uh, sort of culture. It's got this interesting sort of production her- uh, history in which George Harrison was initially going to be the thief and wouldn't want to do that because we saw too much of his anus in the movie, and so he just was not okay with that. And, uh, and then it's also got this crazy meta moment where you're 
you're talking about trying to find some sort of uh, enlightenment. You're trying to find some sort of way through the world. And then Jordawoski looks at the camera and says, pull back camera. You're just watching a movie. You've got to figure it out out there, not in here. It, it, it's just brilliant, powerful yeah, and good. brilliant, breaking the fourth wall in, in really interesting ways. And it's just got this imagery that is crazy. It is morally troubled in some places. I mean, I'm, a great many horned lizards died in the making of this film. Sad. Uh, but it's also just fascinating and uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. So thanks for um, watching it with me, guys, and uh, doing a show. Yeah. And thanks for being the best pound-for-pound pound podcast on the Internet. Uh, you guys really are just fantastic, and I love you all very much. And I'm glad to have done this uh, with you lot. And uh, so we've had a good time. Those are our award winners uh, for 2016, dear listener. You've already heard the social media means by which we could have a conversation. So uh, pay attention to that and uh, tell me what your selections are, what you thought our best show was, what you thought our best film was. Uh, what? Where would you drop the Hebrew hammer, and uh, and where have you, and what not? Now, and if you're looking for our top films of the year, which we normally do, uh, you'll be able to find that in January on Back to the Movies. We're going to move that over there uh, with Caleb Masters because it's probably a more fitting home for that. Makes more sense. Yeah, because uh, you know me and Dalton uh, and, and Alex, I know watch a lot of new releases, and Arthur too. Uh, we all watch a Everyone, lot of new yeah. releases. We're, we're you know we're trying to help that along over here. Everyone but Dustin, who is <coughs> yeah. entrenched within his '60s surrealist cinema. I, watches here's a the lot deal: of new I I am releases. very much of the opinion that if you were going to get fil- into film, unless you went to school for it or are paid for it, you have two options: you can go back and discover the history of film, or you can keep up with what's coming out currently. It's, 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 you it can't is, do both. You it's really cannot do both. So. Yeah, unless unless you went to school to study film, or you're getting paid for it, or both, you're just not going to be able to... You, you just can't. Yeah. And I too think, many movies. I think that's where I've, I've, over the last two years, I've really focused my attention. Unless Dustin makes me watch Holy Mountain or something like that, I'm going to try to go to the, the multiplex or the art house theater as many times as I can. Yeah. And, Which, uh, as of right now, is 53 or 54... I think I just cracked 60. I don't know. I'm need to super excited. Um, but that'll be probably the first or second week of January. Yeah, you're going to be looking at the site probably the second week of January. That way we can try and crunch as many of those Christmas holiday late yeah. releases in the year as, we, as possible. But um, yeah, we're really excited to talk to you guys about our top 10 films of 2016 uh, early next year on Back to the Movies. And uh, stay tuned for uh, the programming announcement that's not going to happen right now. We're going to come back in January with our anti-trash marathon as we always do in preparation for Oscar. And so uh, a lot of our favorite films of the year happened the very first month of the year so stay tuned keep watching we'll keep talking and we'll see you all next time the good trash genre cast is produced and edited by arthur gordon direction by dustin sells social media by alexandra bohannon caleb masters and dalton stewart our intro and outro is night call by kavinsky and lovebox we are also proud to feature music from deer tick this week on the program for more information on this episode of the Good Trash Genrecast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, please visit goodtrashmedia.com.